working down our way uh, to our last three uh, messages here out of our series about elements. And uh, I kind of left these last three um, because I, I believe they're, they're very important. Um, not that all the things that we've looked at so far um, weren't important, but uh, I believe that these uh, last three, which is uh, uh, stewardship and uh, that about worship and prayer, I believe are, are very essential to the Christian life. And, you know, I believe there's a lot of harmony between those elements about um, our stewardship and our worship and prayer. And I believe that if those three, if we get those three correct in our Christian life, um, I believe that uh, all the other things that we had looked at um, do fall into place. And I really hope that your prayer um, has been that... As we've been looking at God's word, as we've been looking at what God's word has been saying, that your prayer has been the same prayer as that of Paul. And that the more that Christ is revealing himself through the word, that you are drawing closer to him. And that's the goal. Um, That's always the goal that as we learn more about Christ, we are to draw closer to him. We just sang that song um, this morning about I draw near um, and we're drawing nearer and nearer to God, and He is drawing nearer and nearer to us. And that only happens as, uh, as we see Christ as He is uh, through the Word, and He's revealing Himself uh, through the Word. So this morning, uh, we're going to look at uh, stewardship and how it applies um, to the Christian life and, and what it means uh, to, to have stewardship. Now, many times when we hear about stewardship, what is the one thing that we always think of? Money, right? Yeah, I got some money here. Okay? This is always what we think of. Uh, We think of um, tithes and offerings. We think about uh, building programs. Um, And I understand that with stewardship. But um, I think there is more to stewardship than just about money. Now, obviously, um, throughout the um, Word of God, Jesus did talk about money. Um, He talked about money as a tool. He talked about how money can be used and used wisely. But there's more to stewardship than just money. Um, Money is just that. It's just just paper. It's just something that that we can use. Um, But I believe that there is more to stewardship uh, than that. And so today I really want to give you the meaning of stewardship and how it applies to our Christian life. And how if we use that correctly in our Christian life, um, how it uh, can affect us personally, how it can affect our lives corporately, uh, even as a church here. So what is stewardship? Well, um, when you look in God's word and you see the word steward or stewardship, you always find um, this word and it has this meaning to it. So steward is somebody who manages a household. And so this is always the primary definition that you find in God's word as one who manages a household. Um, A person that they don't own the household, but they manage it. Um, A steward in the ancient world would basically be one who took care of the day-to-day operations. They oversaw the um, 
the finances of the of the house. Uh, a good example of this would be like Joseph. Uh, remember Joseph in in Genesis that uh, uh, Potiphar. It says that he raised him up, and and Joseph became uh, pretty much the whole steward of the house. Joseph was looking after everything that was going on in the house. He was just being a steward of what Potiphar already owned. So we are not the owners, but we have been trusted with resources and the care of everything. For example, creation, gifts, talents, money, time, the gospel. Um, All of these things have to deal with stewardship. So the Bible makes it very clear that God created everything. And even though he has entrusted much to each of us, his name is still on the title. Um, If you have maybe in the past, uh, well, if you don't own your own home, um, you don't necessarily, you you own the mortgage. The bank is the one that's kind of over that, um, but you don't necessarily own it in in per se. You've you've borrowed against it, or for example, if you have a car and you don't own it, um, you don't have the title to that. So God owns everything. His name is on the title. He has just given us these things uh, to be a good steward of them. So if we become confused about that and we begin to act as owners, um, then basically we lose the right to be considered a steward. So the question then comes, are you a good steward? Am I a good steward? Are we good stewards of what God has given us? Are we being a good steward of what God has given us together, corporately, collectively? So I think too often, if we're not careful, we tend to partition things off in our Christian life, okay? Um, I believe that we, we look at our Christian life almost as like levels, you know? Um, so, for example, um, you know, we, we completed the level of love, or we've completed the level of forgiveness, or we've completed the level of grace, or we've completed these levels, and, and we partition our Christian life off in those levels. But really, when we come to a subject like this about stewardship, um, is stewardship really about our time? Is it really uh, stewardship? Is it really about stewarding our talents? Is it really about stewarding our money? When we talk about stewardship, what should be the primary emphasis of our life as God has given us things? What should be the primary emphasis in stewardship? I think, uh, you know, we as believers in Jesus, we can complete all these levels about stewarding our time correctly. We can complete our level about stewarding our talents correctly. We can complete our level about uh, stewarding our money correctly. But if we miss the most important element of stewardship, then really we've kind of been lost in all of this. And so if we're going to be a good steward, I think it should be applied in the most prominent way first and foremost. And that should be with our relationship with God. That should be our primary focus when we talk about stewardship. So when we talk about stewardship, what about being a good steward with our relationship with Jesus? That should be very important for you and for me. Our stewardship of life should come down to that. Am I being a good steward with my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Because when I fall into that relationship with Christ, and I am being a good steward with my relationship with Him, then all these other things should fall right in order. I should be a good steward of my time because I have a good relationship with Christ. I should be a good steward of my talents because of my relationship with Christ. I should be a good steward with my money because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to share with you a parable uh, that Jesus taught about the kingdom of heaven. And I think as we look through it, you'll see stewardship. And primarily... Jesus gives this parable to show people how important it is to be a steward. Now, Jesus here is not necessarily talking about his relationship with us. He's talking about just being a good steward. So, let's look at this parable here. And uh, it's found here in Matthew chapter 25, in verses 14 through 27. Jesus talks, he says, For it will be like a man going on a journey, who called his servants, and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So here's, here's Jesus giving this parable. He's talking about this man who is the owner of everything. And he has some servants, and basically, the Bible uses the word talents. Basically, talents was uh, used as a measure, to measure things. So whatever he gave them, it could have been money, it could have been crops. We don't really know exactly what they gave, okay? But here, there's a measurement, there's a, a thing that they're using to measure what has been entrusted to them. So the one servant has given five talents. What does he do? He goes out and he works hard and he invests and he does things. And he brings back to the Lord and he says, look, hey, I've made five talents more. And likewise with the other one, two talents. So here's what happens from all this. Look what we say here in verse number 18. It says, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. What does his master say to him? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master." Verse 22, it says, And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. Verse 25, so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servants. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. 
So the purpose of this parable here was Jesus was trying to teach on the importance of stewardship. And primarily about the kingdom of God here. But the application is well understood that God owns everything. And whatever he gives us, we are to be faithful stewards of that. Including our salvation. So if Christ has given us a relationship with God, we are to be a good steward of that relationship with Him. Because He owns it. He gave it to us. He purchased it. And He had freely given it to us. So when we talk about being a good steward of our relationship with God, I think sometimes we tend to focus more on the duties of our relationship with God than primarily just the relationship itself. In other words, I I understand the, the, the things that we do in order to build that relationship with God, but I think we get so caught up so much with the duties of those things than just primarily having the relationship with God. So I want to give you a few things here this morning about that. How can we be a good steward of Jesus Christ? So stewarding my relationship with Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse number 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. When we talk about this, Jesus gives us and tells us to be a good steward of our relationship with God. So what does that mean for us? Well, pretty much, number one, to love God. Now, this seems so juvenile. I mean, this just seems so like kindergarten things, you know, that we're talking about. To love God. Oh, yeah, I I get that. Love God. But really, this is what the heart of our relationship with Jesus really is, to love God. Loving God seems very quite simple, does it not? To love God. Yeah, absolutely. I love God. Yet in our human brokenness and everything that encompasses our life, most times it seems like it's far from easy. When we look at this simple verse, we see things like, yeah, that's impossible. No way that that can be accomplished. To love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength? There's no way. How could that be possible? Well, why on earth would Jesus give us a command like this if he didn't think that we could fulfill it? I believe that we can fulfill that. I believe that we can love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. You see, as human beings, we have this awesome capacity to love with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And Jesus mentions these four things in this verse. And so if we're going to be a good steward of our relationship with God, then these four things must be there in our life. So Jesus mentions these things. Look what he says here first. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. You see, our words and our actions are always ultimately a result of what is rooted in our hearts. 
Listen to what Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says. It says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 talks about keeping your heart with all vigilance or diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. So a consequence of loving God with all our whole heart is a life that exemplifies Christ's love. It's love and thought and word and deed. It affects our entire heart. Our desires and our passions reflect directly from our heart. So if I'm not loving God completely from my heart, then I can't really say that I'm being a good steward of my relationship with Christ. It reflects the true center of our worship with God. Secondly, look what Jesus says. He says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You see, our being is more than physical and emotional and intellectual. The soul encompasses all of who we are. We are called to worship God through a life that is completely dedicated to Him. And so if there's partiality in our life where we love other things more than we love God, then we can't say that we're being a good steward of our relationship with God. Because we're not loving Him with all of our being, of all of who we are, with all of our soul. Thirdly, Jesus says this, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Knowing Loving and honoring God with our minds involves diligence. It takes work. It takes stewardship. You see, we are a possession of the living word of God. We have this. It's amazing if you look throughout history and how the word of God has been passed down to us. People died for this. People were thrown into prison for this. People were persecuted for this. Because they had a copy of it. Because they made copies of this. And it has been faithfully preserved for us. And we have this in our hand. And so stewarding our minds requires us to spend time in God's word. It requires us to giving our minds over to the word of God. It also means discerning the application of God's truth to our culture in this world. Listen to what Romans 12, 1 says. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into the mold of this world. How many of you remember playing with Play-Doh when you were a kid? Yeah. It's very moldable, right? Take that Play-Doh and you stick it in the thing and you... And out comes pasta on the other end, right? Or pizza, whatever. I don't know. But it was moldable and it was pressable. And God's word tells us that we are not to be conformed to the image of this world, but to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this is where we renew our minds, right here. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. And so if my mind is not being given over completely, 
then I can't really say that I'm loving God. I'm not being a good steward of my relationship with God. Then he says a fourth thing here. He says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. How do we love with all of our strength? And we got some guys in here that I'm sure can probably lift a lot. And then we got some people in here that probably can't lift a lot. Does that mean that the guys that can lift a lot can love God more? No. But the Bible talks about this. It says, talking about loving God with all of our strength. What if I didn't eat my Wheaties today? Does that mean I can't love God with all my strength? What if I forgot to go to the gym last week? Does that mean that I can't love God with all my strength? Basically, our strength means devoted totally. We are to direct all that we have at our disposal to the glory of God. Completely given over to God. Devoted totally to God. So if we're going to be a good steward of our relationship with God, that means that we have to be devoted to Him totally. So to only love in three of these areas, we're not really loving Jesus Christ. To be perfect in two, but kind of wishy-washy in the other two, we're not really loving Jesus Christ. So Christ is very clear. Loving God with our whole being is the most important and greatest commandment. And this is what we should be doing if we're going to be a good steward of our relationship with him. That's what we're supposed to do. So if I'm going to be a good steward, if I'm going to practice stewardship in my life, then I'm going to have to love the Lord thy God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, with all of my strength. If we as a church, as Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship, if we are going to love God, then we all together have to love God with all of our hearts. We have to love God together with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. This is what God requires if we're going to be a good steward of our relationship with him. So let's look at a second thing here. If I'm going to steward my relationship with Jesus, ultimately God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save the world. We all agree with that. We understand that. That Christ came into the world to save us. But also, he demonstrated for us how we can love God. And this is what is so amazing. Because if I'm going to be a good steward of my relationship with God and love him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, then surely Jesus left for me a pattern to show me how I can do that. So Christ's life here on earth gave us that perfect picture of how we are to love him with all of our heart, with all of our strength, with all of our soul, with all of everything in our mind to love him completely. How are we to do that? Well, secondly, we are to live like Jesus. We are to live like Jesus. I find in the life of Jesus a few things here. Number one, to be intimate in your relationships. Jesus regularly spent time alone with the Father. 
In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it tells us that rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He spent time with his father. There was an intimacy there. He gave himself over into his heart, his strength, all of who he was. He gave that over to the father and was intimate time with him. In Mark chapter 6, verse number 6, it says, But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. There was an intimate, passionate time that Jesus spent with his father. And so if Jesus was going to fulfill that and loving God, then Jesus himself had to do this. He had to be intimate and spend time with his father. So be intimate in your relationship. What is our attitude towards God? What is your attitude towards God? Do we come to him as we are without without masks, without facades? Or do we kind of play a game with God? Are we openly intimate with him? And we say, God, I'm coming to you just as as I am. I'm coming to you broken. I'm coming to you just as I am. I'm not trying to pull any punches. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm coming to you openly, intimately, and I want to spend time with you. Listen to what Psalm 139 says. I like this. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. He talks about here and he says in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. David was so um, moved and, and he knew that God knew exactly what he was like. And he was open and honest before God. And so if I am going to love Jesus, if I'm going to love God, if I'm going to be a good steward of my relationship with him, then I have to be intimate With God. I have to have an intimate relationship. Secondly, if I'm going to live like Jesus and I'm going to steward my relationship with Him, then I need to spend time with God. Christ often withdrew from the crowds, from the multitudes, from preaching, from ministering, and He spent hours and nights praying to His Father. In Luke chapter 6, verse number 12, it says, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 23, he says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. He spent time with God. 
And so if I'm going to be a good steward of my relationship with Jesus Christ, with God, then I'm going to have to spend time with God. There are so many things that can distract us in this world. So many. Whether it be TV, whether it be friends, whether it be the needs that are going on at home. And if I, if I try to put all my energy and all my focus and all my heart and all my strength in all of those things, but neglect my personal relationship with God, I have failed as being a good steward of my relationship with Him. And even though I can still come to church, even though I can sing the worship songs, even though I can give hugs and say prayers, I have failed and failed miserably in my stewardship and in my relationship with God. So I have to spend time with Him. I have to make that a priority in my life. Here's the third thing. If I'm going to live like Jesus, then I need to worship privately and publicly. It is so important to worship God. Just like a coin, there's two sides to worship. There's our private worship, and then there's our public worship. We have the opportunity to worship God every minute of every day. Whether you're driving a tractor, whether you're working in a factory, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're at a, at a grocery store, wherever, you have an opportunity to worship God wherever you are at, in the quiet, most tender place of your heart. You can worship God anywhere and everywhere, privately, with God. You can do that. But we also need to be worshiping God publicly to declare his greatness, to declare what he has done. In Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This time that we spend together should not be our only source of worship throughout the week. The time that we spend together singing songs and praising God should not be the only source of worship for your entire life. Because if it is, it's very shallow. If it is, your relationship with God is very shallow. I would encourage you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Learn how to worship Him privately, in your life, continually, day by day. Experience worship day by day in your life. So worship privately and publicly, if I'm going to be a good steward of my relationship with Jesus. Here's a fourth thing. Serve others selflessly. Jesus lived a life for others. He lived selflessly and loved abundantly. That's what Jesus did. He went, to the, he went to the people that were hurting the worst. He went to the people that were in dire straits. He went to the people that were broken. He went to the people that needed a physician. And Jesus served them. He sought out the outcast and the unwanted. 
And we can glorify Him by our service to others. Listen to what Matthew chapter 25 has to say about this. Matthew chapter 25 verses 35 through 40 says this. For I was hungry, Jesus speaking. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And that's exactly what we as believers in Christ are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be going after those that are naked. We are supposed to be going after those that are sick. We are supposed to be going those after those that are in prison. We are supposed to be going after those that are hungry, those that are thirsty. And if I'm going to be a good steward of my relationship with Jesus Christ, then I'm going to have to learn how to live like Jesus. Stop taking the, the eyes off of myself and put them on other people. Look out, looking for how I can live like Jesus. So we are, are we being a good steward of our relationship with God? Are you being a good steward of your relationship with God? Are we collectively here at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship being a good steward of our relationship with Jesus Christ? Let's pray together.